This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. So I was in Smithfield for that horrible incident that happened yesterday. Now I have video up on the website, DePietro.com. It is, um, it, it, it's really horrifying what those poor people, what those individuals went through. Now the Smithfield police, again, folks, this was... They're still investigating, but something went wrong with, um, I was at the scene. Again, we have plenty of video there up on the website to Petro.com. But when you see where some people as innocent as going to the Apple Valley subway, you know, to get a sandwich, salad, whatever. And, um, suddenly a vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed literally crashed right through the side there's several different aspects to this one it wasn't through the front door but on the side of the building um maybe the design of the people that own that plaza but there's sheer glass and there's there's no petition in different parts of the plaza in front of the doors there's there's some kind of a petition you remember what happened with the apple store at the um, Braintree, the Braintree Mall, where the car went crashing through, but with this, it's the side of the building, and and there's glass. So just looking ahead, I I believe going forward they're going to have a petition up there that would prevent this from happening. But Smithfield Police, I have this on the website to petro.com, and it was yesterday. Um, excuse me wednesday at 253 i learned about it at 315 we were on site um within 20 minutes and did live stream and carried some of the briefing from the the fire chief in smithfield but the subway sandwiches located 445 putnam pike vehicle had crashed into the building on scene smithfield police fire department's vehicle crashed in the building multiple people injured four Victims were transported to Rhode Island Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. One victim was pronounced deceased at the scene. Driver of the vehicle was transported to Miriam Hospital. The Smithfield Emergency Management Agency building official also responded to the scene. Business was heavily damaged. So it was on short notice, um, with no notice actually. Smithfield police had to respond to their first responders. You can see the video we have up on the website to petro.com. Now, also, for those of you that watched it, if you haven't seen it, I have the video up. So I'm there, and we're doing on-the-scene live stream. That's what I've created. That's what we do when there's a breaking news event. It's We're on the scene, and it's a live stream. And this woman suddenly starts uh, going off because I won't move so a two-year-old can see. Totally ridiculous. I do want to play just the t- channel um 10 story on the crash itself but it it's really horrifying of what happened where you think about that one dead and then five injured after that car crashed in um at the apple valley mall something is as innocent i also one of the things to me is just the the element of i mean could have been anybody but this is the channel 12 um report on it again i i think the first responders did an exceptional job it was very very difficult some of the individuals were pinned under the car and and then uh also on the website you can hear this woman that is complaining saying i'm blocking the view of a two-year-old that wants to see exactly what happened this is the fire chief yesterday uh last name's q-u-a-t-t-r-i-n-i or training deputy chief 
Uh, firearm office received multiple calls at uh, 1450 of a vehicle uh, into the uh, Subway sandwich shop here in Apple Valley Mall. Uh, first of iron trucks that pulled up found one vehicle inside of the uh, sandwich shop uh, with multiple injuries uh, with uh, two people trapped under the vehicle. Uh, we transported six to area hospitals uh, at this time and we have one in critical condition. Car parked, or how did the car get there? Do you know? Uh, from an eyewitness, uh, apparently uh, the gentleman uh, in the vehicle was traveling at a high rate of speed, uh, heading north uh, into the parking lot and drove straight into the uh, storefront. So. Why is the medical examiner here? Uh, that that's a police matter right now. That's under investigation by the Smithfield Police Department. Uh, and I can't comment on it. Do you, do you believe was high rate of speed the cause? Was there? Medical emergency? That, I, I don't know. Again, uh, from what I was told to, to myself on scene, he was traveling at a high rate of speed. Uh, I don't want to speculate. Again, it's under investigation uh, with Smithfield PD. How many people in the car? Uh, one, one individual. Can you speak to how the car entered the building, where it went? We heard it also impacted Planet Fitness. Yeah, so, so again, he entered the storefront on the side door, uh, adjacent to the, the, the nail shop here at a high rate of speed traveled through the store into Planet Fitness. And the store was occupied, the sandwich shop was occupied. The injured workers or customers or? Both, both, correct. Okay. How serious, right. How serious? Very, very serious. It's a handful of serious uh, individuals right now. Are you able to tell us specifically how many serious, how many critical, and if there are workers or customers? I'm gonna say uh, four serious, one critical, and one uh, walking wounded. What, what units are involved with this operation, obviously? For, for, for companies? Yes. Uh, it'd be Smithfield, North Providence, Johnston, Lincoln. Uh, and for area rescues would be Smithfield, Situate, uh, Johnston, North Providence, and a Lincoln Rescue. Do you have video around here of the car entering the building? There is video in the storefront. Again, I, I, I would direct that to West Smithfield PD. You know, are they going to be briefing us with field Not as of now, because again, they're still in the process of their investigation. Their contact would be Captain Smith, Carmen Smellin of his last name. Uh, he, he would be the contact person at the police department. Male or female driving? Male. Do you have an age range? I do not. I do not, unfortunately. Was the male one of the people transported? Yes. Yes. Is there a fatality here? I can't speak on that. It's, it's, a, it's a police investigation. There was. Is the driver in serious condition? Or? I can't speak on that as well, either. Terrible. I, mean, I believe, I don't want to comment it right now. We're still trying to put the pieces together ourselves. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, five went to Rhode Island Hospital uh, trauma and one went to Miriam Hospital uh, for, for the eval. Okay. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Folks, and one person deceased at the scene. Just a horrible situation yesterday. And uh, I can't even play the video because this woman was swearing that I was blocking the view of a two-year-old that wanted to see inside the subway. It, it, it is just remarkable, the uh, nuts that come out for something like that. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency... Think at Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net we continue with our legal uh analysts it's attorney tim dodd 
And um, Tim, as far as Narragansett, Narragansett uh, Beach, Narragansett Pier, there's two different provisions that uh, are seemingly new this year. One is they're looking at a provision to change it that you can't park along the seawall. They would just make it three hours. A lot of people park there. And the other thing is Narragansett, they're posting signs that marijuana uh cannabis is not going to be allowed uh smoked on the beach let's uh pick up and look at both angles uh legally of these two issues the first john is um the no smoking of marijuana on the town beach um that was a recent amendment to the local ordinance which has been in place for years which says, you know, no smoking of um, cigarettes. So basically tobacco products. So you couldn't smoke cigars, couldn't smoke cigarettes, I guess pipes, what have you. Um, Because marijuana has now been um, made legal in certain circumstances, um, it was appropriate to add that to the ordinance because if it wasn't covered, I guess you could take the position that you couldn't smoke cigarettes, couldn't smoke cigars, but since the ordinance was silent, you could smoke pot. So the council um, fixed that um, hole in the ordinance, potential hole by making marijuana also included. I think that that would be um, upheld as legally be legal because it doesn't um, prejudice folks who want to smoke marijuana you can't smoke anything cigarettes cigars and now marijuana so i think that ordinance is valid and would be enforceable and i guess what narragansett police department is promising is to have uh, cops i guess undercover plain clothes what have you walking the beach because they're always looking for people drinking alcohol on the beach, which is also prohibited, or smoking cigarettes, and now or smoking pot. Um, I guess the a different question would be vaping, because vaping has no, um, you know, you're not exhaling uh, cigarette smoke or marijuana smoke. Um, not sure that's covered in the ordinance, but the marijuana thing is, is the new angle Um, that people need to consider if they're going to go to the town beach. The more provocative thing that the council has done, and um, in Narragansett, an ordinance has to go through two hearings. It can be passed on a first hearing, but then it has to be passed on a second hearing. So the first reading, if you will, of a particular ordinance um, will make three-hour parking expand to lots of areas where it's been traditionally free all-day parking. And your listeners will probably know that the areas where you could um, historically park all day for free was along the seawall. There was no limitation. Also, there were areas on Kingston Road, some, and some areas on Narragansett Avenue, where, again, you could park all day. So if you were smart and got to the uh, Narragansett early, you could get a parking spot, you could walk over and bring your gear onto the beach, and you're good to go. Um, now they want to put in three-hour parking. Um, what will that do? It's hard to say. I guess they're either going to put up those meter stations where you've got to put the um, piece of paper on your dashboard. Hopefully, they're not going to put up parking meters, which would be unusually ugly. Yeah. But, you know, there's going to be an aesthetic issue because they're going to have to have some sort of contraption if they're going to be obligating people to pay money to park for three hours, um, if that's the way they're going to go. Um, the other thing is, if you intend to stay on the beach all day and now you can only park for three hours, is that going to make people cut their beach day short and maybe they'll go home as opposed to staying there to go to restaurants or you know, get doughboys or whatever you might want to do. Um, there's also businesses along there which may be positively or negatively impacted by this. There's restaurants along Ocean Road. Um, there's people who have guests who live along Ocean Road and there's not enough, you know, off-street parking. Obviously, parking can been an issue in that area. 
But I think that this ordinance is going to make as many people happy, people who maybe live in the area, as people who will be made very unhappy, who are coming in as day trippers to enjoy the beach. Um, I guess it's just an effort to raise money in the main, and only time will tell if this is a smart decision by the council or if it's going to cause more problems than it intends to fix. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal uh, expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, uh, this next story is bizarre. We've talked about it, but it goes back to that business trip. Uh, Two guys work for the state, travel to Philadelphia for the day, and something is said because then when they come back, uh, immediately the the one who's in charge, Thorson, he immediately goes to uh, HR and talks about the the other worker, state worker, who – something happened while they were in Philadelphia, but now just fast forward, uh, you have with the, the, the company in Philadelphia scout sent an email complaining seemingly, uh, about the behavior of, of one of the, the state workers. And now we have the situation where governor McKee won't release the email, but let's just pick it up where now the attorney general has weighed in and said, uh, that, that, Yes, it should be released, but what's even more a little bizarre is the fact that the Governor McKee's people then said they actually kicked it to state police back in April. So let's pick it up at, number one, the decision by the Attorney General, and number two, the fact that I, – I, I'm not sure I understand the element that it was kicked to state police, but let's obviously just hear your thoughts. Well, just as in Alice in Wonderland, things keep getting curiouser yes. and curiouser with this particular story. Um, you're, you're right. These two state employees, senior um, employees from the um, governor's um, administration, um, Jim Thorson and the, the main player, David Patton, or Peyton, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. It's, it's um, the second who was alleged to have engaged in improper conduct of some sort. We don't know if it was um, improper things said, improper conduct. We don't know. But something happened which triggered um, the potential um, company that was going to uh, have an interest in redeveloping the armory. Um, whatever happened was so... Um, outrageous, noticeable, unusual, whatever, that um, they made note and sent um, the information of concern or displeasure to the governor's office. And they also sent it to the speaker's office. Speaker says, hey, this is an executive matter. This has nothing to do with me. So the speaker's office says, go look to the governor's office if you want information. The governor's office refuses. And the the main player here, uh, David Payton, comes back from this trip, immediately goes out on medical leave, odd. Then now he's not on medical leave, but now he's on paid administrative leave, which is also peculiar. Thorson comes back and within days um, is no longer with the um, administration, but goes back to the U.S. Treasury Department. It's just a very strange attempt to hide the ball on what happened here. So one of the local news stations, John, then files an APRA request. And APRA is, um, stands for Access to Public Records Act. When an APRA request is made, um, if it's not complied with, it then goes to the attorney general who is seen as like the arbiter of whether the APRA request is appropriate or not appropriate. Um, one of Peter Nerona's attorney in that section of the office determined that the um, confidentiality of whatever this information is, is outweighed by the public's right to know what went on in Philadelphia and what is alleged to have occurred. So now that Nerona's office says the APRA request is appropriate and the governor's got five days to comply, now the ball shifts to the governor's court. Does the governor's office comply? Do they go to court or do they wait the five days with no response and then Nerona's office will take the governor's office to court? 
that sets up an unusual situation because yeah. typically the AG will represent the administration in legal proceedings. But now you've got a situation where the AG is adverse to the administration yep. and will be taking action against the administration. Right. Never happens. This is really yeah. unusual stuff. Um, I, I guess part of the political backdrop is that there's this ongoing, you know, Cold War apparently between exactly. Narona and McKee. So, you know, McKee's um, refusal to produce this material gives Narona an opportunity to bang the administration over the head with this um, APRA decision. So this is a story which is not yet com- concluded. The governor's office then says, after Narona comes out with its decision on the APRA request, well, no, we've referred this over to the renowned state police. The AG responds, we have no information that this has been referred to the state police, yeah. and the state police aren't talking. So whatever happened, I mean, this attempt to conceal whatever happened would, it seems to me, only make the public all the more curious to know what the heck happened down there, that this has become such a war of wills between the AG saying, you got to produce this, and the governor saying, I don't want to produce this. Um, I think at the end of the day, if this gets into court, I think that Narona's decision will prevail on the APRA request, and you know the public's right to know will prevail. I mean, the public's right to know doesn't always prevail. Recall about a couple of years ago, um, there was this big push to make public certain grand jury proceedings. And at the time, certain political elements were saying, well, the public's right to know um, trumps the uh, secrecy um, obligation of a grand jury. And ultimately, the court decided, no, no, no the grand jury proceedings and the protections afforded to what happens at the grand jury trump in many cases or almost all cases, the public's right to know. So this tug of war between what should be confidential, what APRA appropriately addresses and the, um, you know, this quote unquote public's right to know um, is going to wind up in front of a judge in the superior court ultimately to make a decision and um, I, I think it's still, I mean, Narona took the position that this was not even a jump ball. This was an easy decision to be made. Um, whether or not Narona thinks it's a, it's a clear cut case where this material should be produced, ultimately it's going to be up to the court because I can't see the administration complying within this five day window that's been afforded them. Tim, Dad, can we just play out the element that the governor kicked this to the, the state police? Let's just, uh, surely just for our purposes and speculation, but let's actually um, go down the road that, you know, some, somehow like a crime was committed uh, when these two individuals visited Philadelphia. Maybe the people in Philadelphia were threatened. Maybe an item was stolen from the office. Uh, wouldn't that involve the Philadelphia police? And And wouldn't it be, I mean, you tell me, but wouldn't, the the right course of action be that the the people in Philadelphia would would file a police report. I what what kind of jurisdiction would the Rhode Island State Police have over what someone may or may not have done on an out of town business trip? Well, that, that's an excellent point, and that is, I think, the correct analysis, John. That Rhode Island really has nothing to do with this. Let's assume a threat was made to someone. Well, the jurisdiction would be Philadelphia. Let's assume, and we're all speculating here, let's assume there was some sort of inappropriate touching. Again, that would be for the police in uh, Philadelphia um, to look into that. Whatever alleged inappropriate conduct happened, if it rose to a criminal type of conduct that would be for philadelphia rhode island has nothing to do with that so is this an attempt by the administration to simply um obscure or delay or just try to create more hurdles it's tough to say because we really don't know what we're speculating about we don't know how um significant this is the the assistant attorney general who 
wrote up the APRA decision said that she is she knows what the alleged conduct is and she won't say what it is but has reported that it is serious and would be you know significantly damaging uh, to the repu- at least the reputation of the person whose conduct is being complained of folks again he is our legal analyst as attorney tim dodd tim excellent job as always and we'll talk to you again Thanks, John. Take care. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, Great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets, there's things for your children, there's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, there is a new concept Bank your vote. And joining us right now, we've spoken to him in the past, Tommy Pigeot, Republican National Committee, Rapid Response. Tommy, take us through this new initiative of Bank Your Vote. Well, it's really a two-part initiative. The first is that we want people to go to bankyourvote.com to pledge to bank their vote early, whether that's voting absentee, voting in person early, depending on the rules in your state. It depends on how they can vote early. But go to bankyourvote.com pledge to vote early, and then once you sign up, you'll get state-specific updates about how they can vote early and also how you can sign up the second part of this initiative to protect your vote because we want people to sign up to bank bank their vote early, but then also sign up to become a poll watcher, a poll observer, to make sure we're also protecting your vote as well. Now take us through a little bit some of the thoughts behind this type of initiative. Well, the big thing is that we've seen success in 2022, one from our Protect Your Vote infrastructure, which is really unprecedented, fighting lawsuits across the country, mobilizing thousands of volunteers across the country to make sure that we protect your vote. Uh, But we also saw success in areas like California in terms of getting Republicans to vote early. And really the thought behind this is, why would you wait until the fourth quarter of any game to start scoring points when you can put points on the board the entire time? That's really the thought behind this. So it's building on the success we saw in places like California and Florida, North Carolina, where Republicans voted early and supercharging those efforts to make sure that Republicans across the country are voting early. And what happens when we do that, when we bank those votes early, we won get those points on the board. But two, it allows us to mobilize Republicans in really specific ways to reach out to voters who haven't voted early, to reach out to voters who might be on the fence. And it lets us mobilize people who have banked their vote to then go out and protect your vote. So that's really the thought process behind this program. Folks, again, it's Tommy Pijot, Rapid Response, Republican National Committee. Tommy, can you also just touch on um, some of the the things that, that people need to be aware of, such as early person voting, absentee balloting, and also ballot harvesting where it's legal? Well, basically, those are the different ways that you can vote early. And a lot of states have different rules when it comes to ballot harvesting, when it comes to requesting or not needing to request an absentee ballot, how many days they're they're open early. And it honestly gets really complicated. So part of why Bank Your Vote and going to bankyourvote.com is really important is because the educating voters on what the rules are in Rhode Island and other states is part of that program. You're going to get state-specific updates about where and how you can vote early. And that's incredibly important in making sure that we all have a plan to vote. Uh, And then the second part of that is the RNC strategy for getting out that pre-election day vote is going to be changing across the country. And that's one of the great things I think is so exciting about this. It's going to be tailored to every single specific state. It's going to, we're going to make sure that 
where ballot harvesting is legal, that we're not fighting behind with one hand tied behind our back. We're going to beat the Democrats at their own game. We're going to make them so scared of our ground game. They're going to be running scared in 2024. You know, I also just want to mention, you know, this this is a little bit of a difference. A lot of people um, that haven't had full faith in the system, they have said, no, I want to wait until Election Day to go and cast my vote. So I think what's really important about this initiative, Tommy, is the more involvement early and the more people that get involved, the, the more the seemingly to be more confidence so people won't be hesitant to, to vote early and not wait till Election Day. Well, I think that's exactly right. And think of what happened in Maricopa County in Arizona in 2022. There was a disaster on Election Day where Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, uh, was not able to run an effective election. And basically there were machines that were shut down or were not able to work for, for several hours. And, and so there were these long lines. And you can't, that's part of the reason why banking your vote early is important, so that you get it into the system, that you make sure that it gets counted. And that's also why once you go to bankyourvote.com, you can sign up, like I mentioned, to protect your vote. So it's about getting that vote in, banking it in early, but then also making sure that there are people, there are there are volunteers that are going to have confidence in this election. And I also just want to mention, we're still fighting bad laws in the courts. That doesn't end. We're not going to stop fighting right. Democrat attempts in the courts. But this is just making sure that where the rules in the game are set, we're playing by the rules and we're beating the Democrats at their own game. Folks, again, he is Tommy Pigeot, a rapid response Republican National Committee. It's Bank Your Vote. Tommy, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Right, thanks for having me on. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 508- 252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, the situation... I'm not going to, I don't know if war is, it seems a little overly dramatic to use the word war, but Governor McKee once again has stepped in it. Governor McKee is pulling what they refer to as a full McKee, where he makes a mistake, he doubles down on the mistake, and then he starts blaming others. This situation regarding the emails, and now the whole question of whether or not uh, these emails should be made public. This goes back to the story, and we've talked about it. You had some representatives from Rhode Island on a business trip to Philadelphia. Something went wrong. The people they met with in Philadelphia uh, then sent emails complaining about the visit back to the governor and the speaker. The people that went on the trip knew that something had happened because then immediately the person who was in charge returned from the trip and at four o'clock on a Friday back in March, immediately met with human resources. The individual in question with the bad behavior went out on uh, first sick leave and now paid administrative leave. Channel 12 in the journal filed that they would like to get access to exactly what was in those emails. Governor McKee has hid it from them. So now the attorney general weighs in and says, no, that should be made public. Governor McKee counters and said, oh, back in April, we submitted it to the Rhode Island State Police. Attorney General Nerona's office says they never mentioned that when we were trying to make a decision on this. The whole thing is bizarre. I want to play the Channel 12 version simply because they're the ones that were trying to get that email in the first place. 
12 investigators exclusive a controversial email with details on a government trip should be released and that's the decision today by the attorney general's office ordering the mckee administration to provide the email to 12 news target 12 investigator tim white is here now with the details all right the decision comes after Target 12 filed a complaint with the Attorney General arguing the McKee administration improperly withheld an email the public had a right to see, and Peter Nerona's office agreed. That's right. As Target 12 first reported, two Rhode Island state officials, David Patton, the $174,000 a year head of the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, and then DOA Director Jim Thorson, took a flight to Philadelphia. The purpose was to meet with state vendor Scout LTD and tour a facility there. But Target 12 learned that Scout officials were so appalled by Patton's conduct, they sent an email that made its way to Governor Dan McKee and Speaker Joe Shikarchi detailing allegations of inappropriate behavior. McKee denied Target 12's request to see that email. You feel on balance the public had has a right to know? Well, that was the conclusion of my public records uh, unit, and I agree with it. On Wednesday, Attorney General Peter Nerona's office ruled the McKee administration had to release the email, writing in a 12-page decision, the public has an interest in a document that sheds light on how government operates, adding the fact that the email contains allegations of misconduct against such senior government officials increases the public interest in disclosure of the document. Nerona gave McKee's office five days to comply with his ruling. Uh, if the governor's office uh, decides not to disclose the record, then my office will go to court uh, to seek a court order requiring them requiring them to do so. Target 12 requested an interview with the governor but received an email from a spokesperson saying our office is currently reviewing the attorney general's decision. The governor's office tells us they have asked the state police to look into the trip to Philadelphia. Patton is currently on paid administrative leave. With the Target 12 investigators Tim White 12 News. Thank you Tony. You know what's um interesting about that? folks first of all governor mckee again caught basically red-handed lying i want you to think about this just for a moment these two individuals go on a trip to philadelphia representing the state barring why would governor mckee kick this to the rhode island state police let's think what could have gone wrong think of you were having a business meeting so people come in from out of town what would warrant you to call your local police department I would imagine if there was some either some kind of a threat was made, maybe something was stolen. As far as if something inappropriate was said, if you were in a, let's really just play this out hypothetical. You're, you are entertaining people that are coming in. And remember that this business, this company, excuse me, Scout Limited in Philadelphia, they're pitching the state. They want to redo the Cranston Street Armory. So, the two representatives from Rhode Island come in. What would be the nature that you would get your local police involved? I would think um, it would either have to be, like I said, some, like what crime would be committed? Let's play this out and say everyone's in the conference room. And, and, and again, I'm just speculating here. But one of the individuals from Rhode Island tells an off-color joke or says something inappropriate. You might end the meeting. You may say you don't want to do business with that person, but I'm not sure you would. Would you pick up the phone and call the local police department? Have you ever been in a business meeting where it went so off track? So the fact that Governor McKee, who, by the way, the Rhode Island State Police, the, the Rhode Island State Police, they wouldn't have any standing in Philadelphia anyway. And we're completely unaware that this in the email that this um, company said, as a matter of fact, we're going to contact the, the Philadelphia Police Department, we feel so strongly about it. So Governor McKee and, and the Attorney General basically says they never mentioned anything about a state police investigation. They're doing that, the McKee people or the governor is, just to try to run cover on this, drag it out. Now it supposedly sits with the Attorney General, the uh, state police. And for those of you that know how this, this, this could then, this could go on till the rest of the year where they so, you know, supposedly are investigating. 
So Channel 12, they're very vested in the story. I want to just hear... 12 Investigators exclusive. Rhode Island's they're Attorney the ones General that brought says Governor Dan complaint. McKee's office violated the state's public records law. Yep. The decision comes after a Target 12 filed a complaint That's with the right. AG when the McKee administration refused to release an email that would shed light on a controversial government trip. Target 12 investigator Tim White tells us what the AG had to say in his decision. The attorney general ruled the public's right to know outweighed the privacy interests of government officials named in the email. Within days of a government trip to Philadelphia by David Patton, the head of the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, and then DOA Director Jim Thorson, employees of Scout LTD, a Rhode Island vendor, wrote an email outlining what they say was offensive behavior by Patton. Wow. The email made its way to the governor's office, flagging what they viewed as inappropriate behavior. The McKee administration denied Target 12's request to see the correspondence. Target 12 then filed a complaint with the Attorney General in a Wednesday decision, the Attorney General's office ordered the email's release, writing, there is a public interest in allegations regarding how high-level state officials openly acted in front of third parties while they were in the course of representing the state of Rhode Island. You feel on balance the public had has a right to know. Well, that was the conclusion of my public records uh, unit, and I agree with it. The decision gives the McKee administration five days to release the email. If McKee doesn't comply, Attorney General Peter Nerona says they will go to court seeking a judge's order to release the document. Typically, the AG's office would represent the governor in court proceedings. There's 330 lawyers on the state payroll. I've only got 100 of them, so I suppose there's some state lawyers out there that one can find to handle the matter, or you'd hire outside counsel. Patton is currently unpaid administrator of leave. A spokesperson for the governor said in an email they are reviewing the attorney general's decision. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. Now this was a complete misstep by Governor McKee. He is doubling down on this mistake. And now we're just waiting to see how this is going to go. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. There's no limit to what you can do outside with your property. Folks, call Limitless Outdoors today, 401 401- 580-1852. Get a free quote and let them go to work to show you how you could use all of your outdoor living space. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways. They did a fantastic job with my steps. How about an outdoor kitchen or landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavations, Limitless Outdoors, and also inside. Limitless Outdoors could also offer indoor stone veneer services. Update your indoor fireplace or kitchen. Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Look for them on Facebook or call 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. Get the most of your property, both inside and out. 401-580-1852, 401-580-1852, Limitless Outdoors, based in Smithfield, Rhode Island. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. The Superman Building. It's really 111 Westminster. Sure sounds, as I had said, it is DOA, dead and arrival. Let's hear the latest now with, this is a uh, story Channel 12 did. Drill down into what's in the budget for you, how it could impact some high-profile projects in, in the state, and what other unfinished business lawmakers are hoping to wrap up before the summer. Here to break that all down, House Speaker Joe Shikarchi. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Thank you, Kim. So Speaker notably Sikarchi. absent from the budget that you unveiled last week were some of the governor's proposals to pump the brakes on the gas tax and also scale back the sales tax a little bit. The governor got a little bit of criticism on the specifics of those proposals. But the principle was he was clearly trying to save people money. Again, you took those measures out of the budget. So what is in the budget that can help people who are really feeling the financial squeeze right now? Well, if you're a small business, you're going to see a significant tax reduction in your tangible tax. It's very targeted. It's small businesses in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we made investments, significant investments in education. Uh, We have a HOPE scholarship going to be launched at Rhode Island College that will benefit a lot of Rhode Islanders with quality education. We're looking at significant investments, again, in the housing arena. As you know, 
well, we've launched Secretary Pryor as a new Secretary of Housing. There will be a lot of continued focus on that. We gave him a lot of FTEs, full-time equivalents. Those are jobs. And we're gonna, we also made investments in housing allocations for affordable housing and tax credits as well. Those were some of the governor's proposals that came in after the budget. Those were supplement budget amendments, mm. and all of them made it in the ultimately the final budget product that the House will vote on on Friday. So what about for folks who were maybe hoping for some relief at the pump or hoping to pay a little bit less sales tax, something that's maybe so, more in line with Massachusetts? Are those proposals dead completely? In, for this year and this budget, yes, they are. It's, it came to do with cost and the benefit. And I understand, you know, two cents gas tax or three cents gas tax. You know, it, we all like to have no taxes, including me. But the, the significant uh, benefit to the consumer was very minimal. Mm. I mean, you can drive down, you know, West Shore Road in Warwick, and you can find a two or three cents different difference in gas tax everywhere. So I don't know how much of an impact it would have made. And the same thing with the sales tax. And I applaud the governor for his initiative on that. We all want to pay less taxes, but the average cost, it would be minimal to Rhode Island, is somewhere around $70 per family mm. per year in cost savings. We, my caucus, quite frankly, felt very strongly that money could be redeployed into other investments in the community. There are a lot of uh, you know, people that are hurting in Rhode Island, mm. the social service areas that kind of got used to funding that we had through COVID. We wanted to uh, continue that as long as we could. We wanted to ease out some of the burdens in the school system. And education and housing were the two top priorities of the House, and that's what you see reflected in the budget. There was no funding in the budget for some high-profile projects like the Superman building um, and that redevelopment of that building there. The reason for that, so yeah. you know, is very simply put, there was not an ask. It was never an ask for money for the Superman building. The developers building. of the Superman building never came to you and asked for more state money? They did not mess. There was no formal ask at all for any state money in the budget this year. We've reported that they have said publicly that they need more public assistance in order for this project to move forward. So what's your understanding of the status of this project? So anybody who comes forward and asks for money from the state must go through the budget process, which requires a bill and a hearing before the House Finance Committee. I want a very public, open, transparent process, and I want my House fiscal staff to vet any request. Hmm. And nobody came forward with a bill, and no one came forward with a formal request. Did they I, ask you I, privately? No, not specifically. I had heard through many people in, well, in social settings and other events that, that they were going to be looking for state money, but they have not come forward for any money at this time. Do you think the project... And, and, and neither did the governor, for that matter. Well, and do you think it will still be a viable project no. at this point? It, so far, it seems that way. But, I mean, uh, nope. you know, everybody's looking for more money. The costs of labor have gone up. Nope. The interest rates have gone up. DOA. The cost overruns for materials. So every project is always looking for more money. So we will take each one of them and give them fair and full consideration. But it will be in a very open and transparent process. We've got less than a minute left. We know it's crunch time at the State House before summer recess. Outside of the budget, Shut what are you down. hoping to get across the finish line before you go home for the summer? Well, there are several bills. That has to do with wage theft, misclassification, the LIBOR, that's the Law Enforcement's Bill of Rights bills. There's a shoreline access bill. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of important bills that we worked on uh, for two and three years and two and three sessions. And it takes a lot of work to do that. And just generally, there's a lot of priorities for individual members. Well, everybody has good ideas. It's just a matter of balancing them. We have to work with the Senate. It's great to pass a bill, but if the other chamber doesn't take it up, it does just a bill. It's not a law. So we, we need to work. It's a negotiation with the Senate. I know they have some of their priorities as well. The House has theirs. The governor has his. We'll all work collaboratively, as we have been over the last few years, and we'll continue to do so. And just very quickly, Senate President Ruggiero, I believe, has said that he will send a Leobor bill to your chamber. If that happens, do you think it will get done this session? I can, I'm pretty sure that we'll give it full consideration. It may be in committee. It may be on the floor. It depends on what they send over. I've learned long enough that mm -hmm. the devil's in the details. All right. House Speaker Joe Shikarchi, thanks so much for being here today at 4. Thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure. You know, the big takeaway, um, he's the adult in the room when it comes to dealing with someone like a Governor McKee. And that is Speaker Sakachi, but Superman building. I like how he didn't even, you know, didn't they talk to you privately? This is a transparent process. This isn't I, like, I don't even know why it's even being asked. So you didn't meet in a smoke filled back room. No, no, you want something. It's going to be transparent. Notice the governor didn't even go to bat for it. That tells me just how out of whack that whole ridiculous project is. Listen, it's unaffordable. These were campaign promises that are not going to happen. Governor McKee shouldn't have made these promises. We shouldn't be paying for it anyway. I mean, it's a complete waste. The Superman building, as I'd said, it's not happening. And the soccer stadium, that was just last July where the governor made the key, you know, the tie-breaking vote 
to build the, the, the most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. Of course it's not happening. Because then when real life gets injected, and Biden's not turning anything around, if anything, things are going in the other direction, that you, you can't afford that type of thing. Folks, this is Joe Sakachi you just heard. Thank God he is there to be the adult in the room um, and put the brakes on a lot of these McKee campaign promises. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at J perrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all real time live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. This portion of our program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink. Always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area. There's normally a game on and a nice group of people there or you could sit out in the dining room don't forget the nice weather they have the deck open the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks awaiting for you i'll see you at the lodge <music> 